Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 146. As always, I am your host, Mike Martin, joined by the Hannibal Lecter and Clarice Starling of L.A., Jesse and Alex. I thought you were about to say Clarissa explains it all, and I was like, I don't know where he's going with this. <laughs> the Clarissa and Ferguson of L.A. Ferguson? No. <laughs> nice. Uh, the Blossom and Six you- of L.A., Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the that guy's Earl name? And entire family <laughs> of matters in LA. No, it's the Urkel and Stefan of LA. Oh my god. The sitcom and saxophone of LA. <laughs> you know what? You know what sucks is that I know for a fact Alex is Stefan and I'm Urkel. Like I don't even there's not even a, like I just know and that, that sucks. That sucks. I don't think I'm Stefan, dude. I mean, out of the two, out of the two of us, you're definitely you're not Urkel. <laughs> yeah, you're, not, you're not an Urkel type. I'm sorry. I, you're definitely stuff out of the two of us. That sucks that I know that I no matter what I'm Urkel. I used to have a YouTube channel that brought together the joys of video games and science. Okay, just so you know, like science Stephane, mythology. Stefan does science. He also is just like cooler than Urkel. All I'm saying <laughs> is, have you ever like fawned over a girl to the point of it being hilariously memed online? Because I have. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Uh, you know what? It does I don't play loud like that. I know. I don't play loud like that. Comparison. I think Alex. Maybe Alex is the dad. The dad from what? Family Matters. You're the cop. You're a cop. How do we get on Family Matters? Ooh, well, I thought. We, I thought I was. Question. I thought I was. Uh, Clarice. Are we? Are we the? Can next time? Can we be the the dad from Family Matters and the cop? Well, actually, the cop from Family Matters and the cop from Die Hard, and let the audience try to figure out that conundrum. <laughs> which one's which? Yeah. yeah. Which one of us is Clarice and which one of us is Hannibal? <laughs> okay. I guess that's all right. to find out. Okay. <laughs> all right. The audience have to figure that out. Uh, Every time I look uh, at Jesse and he's cooking, I'm like, is that human meat? What is it? <laughs> Do you want to taste? <laughs> you want to take a little not, bite? It's not bad. <laughs> what is that? Uh, um, <laughs> yo, everybody, one. this is going to be a bit of a loose episode. Uh, it has been, I'll, I'll put the front, I have puppies now. And puppies <laughs> are fucking exhausting. <laughs> they are so tiring. I wake up at yes, 6 a.m. And they like, and they, you know, through the night they stay up. And also, we were supposed to do uh, a guest episode today, but he ended up not being able to make it. So uh, the next episode that you see will have Sinvicta on it, everybody. We'll be covering the Bermuda Triangle next episode. This episode, this episode, we're going to do one of my favorite things. We're going to do a grab bag of cryptids. I tried these to are think, chill. Like, I like these. I like these, too. I didn't. I wanted to pick another part of the world that, you know, people wouldn't necessarily think of when you think cryptids, you know, maybe a smaller, maybe forgotten part of the world. So I chose New Zealand for today. The New Zealand cryptids that I could find, get a little info on. Interesting. I also have some backup Australian cryptids on the off chance that, you know, we just fly through the New Zealand cryptids. So what? Um, So what? Like, what criteria are we going to be judging them on today? That's a good question. What Um, fickle terms shall we? (laughs) Shall I leave we it up to the two of you, as always. Them. How do you want to rank these cryptids? You could think, think New Zealand. You uh-huh. can maybe rank it in terms of hobbits. How many hobbits? How oh. many hobbits would it take to take down this particular I feel like if cryptid? if I do that, I'm going to literally get a gun, like a bullet. Somebody's going to send me a bullet in the mail from New Zealand with my name <laughs> on it. Does it, is it going to take 10 hobbits or one Gandalf to take down <laughs> this cryptid? Don't do this. Gandalf, Not Gandalf like this. Or, or, or Fellowship? 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, yeah, Fellowship or Gandalf? Who, who's going to have to take this no, game? No, no, okay. Point five Galadriels, though, no matter what. How about <laughs> yeah, this? No, how about this? Impossible. Let's, let's grade them on how likely they are out of uh, 10 to, or likelihood out of 100% that they will take over as the cultural touchstone that everybody senselessly goes to for New Zealand, uh, even though it's just a movie made by Warner Brothers Pictures. You so you want, I mean? you want, if New Zealand is listening, you want them to make this their new tourist attraction. This, I'm whatever trying to say we're we going to replace rate. Lord of the Rings as the easy go-to <laughs> in, in the minds of, of people all over the world for New Zealand. Something that's actually from and created in New Zealand might be better, I think, than Peter Jackson's adaptation of a, a, mo- a book. They're fantastic movies and I've seen them. So I like them a lot. He's there. That's true. You yeah. know, Mathis is still in that stage of life, like a baby where if he, <laughs> if he, if he's seen it, he likes it because he's seen so few things. He's seen so few movies that he can't he's just, judge it's, it's just, yeah, what good it's just it a yeah. treat. He like doesn't can't. understand the concept of life. It's just a treat. It's it, like it, yeah. all good. Matthew like, <laughs> And baby. Remember the first time you went in VR? Remember how crazy that shit was? Remember that? VR has I mean, been I, ruined for me because of that experience, yeah. Alex, that we went to. That was like oh, VR Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh, oh yes. I've done that one. Ruined oh, me. my God. That's in so California. Good. Compared yeah. to any other VR, that's the best. Yeah. Yeah, because because it's interactive, man. There's like shit. You move like- through rooms and you touch stuff and like. Nothing is. <sighs> you can't just heat. be in your bedroom yeah. <laughs> anymore. Like, it, I can't do it anymore. No, it's not good. apparently by the same company at Ghostbusters one. Yeah, there's a yeah, Ghostbusters they, thing in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to contribute to Mathis's <laughs> education as a movie watcher, please head to patreon.com slash pod where now we have chill tracks, a legally distinct uh, <laughs> sort of movie commentary service that we offer uh, where we watch movies that are adjacent to the interests of Chiluminati podcast listeners. It's in the Venn diagram. Loosely La- adjacent. Last sometimes. time we did uh, the original Ghost Adventures documentary, which was <sighs> terrible. And then before that, we did Mazes and Monsters, right? Which was, uh, yes, or, was which sir. was terrible. I can't remember if we did Mothman first or Mazes and Monsters. And we Mothman Mothman first, first one. which was terrible. So you <laughs> all theme clearly. No, Mothman was all right. Mothman was like a six out of ten. Mothman wasn't a total drag. Uh, they, anyway. did Grace, they did Grace from Will and Grace dirty in that movie. That is so true. That could not be more true. Anyway, <laughs> there's a lot of movies there now. Uh, it's ever expanding. We're doing another one this month. We haven't decided what it is yet, but you can listen to them all as well as all the other great stuff we have there. The mini sods, 15 minutes of extra show every single week, plus all like however many it is 30 extra ones that you haven't heard yet in 30. public something like that something like that yeah it's crazy i don't know how many there's a lot of minisodes that you haven't heard <laughs> I, if you are I not just signed did up. The, a recent minisode compilation and it included the one with mike raparez from a uh, video game apocalypse that's how far like from mm-hmm. the greenstone episode yes they're green they're way back up? in the greenstone oh from the from the 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 last in the trilogy of greenstone episodes yeah exactly so there's a lot there still there's a in ton the trilogy. to listen to um yep. But yeah, please go to patreon.com slash pod. That's how you support the show. That's how you keep it going. I love you guys. Please keep doing that. It rules. It keeps uh, someday. This will be my only job. I love it. Please. Yes. Yeah. Oh, also one more big announcement before we dive in, everybody. It's officially confirmed. If you are free on May 26th. Oh, yes. To get to uh, Austin, Texas or live in Austin, Texas. 
Illuminati Live is coming back. We are going to be at the parish this time around. Uh, go to our Twitter, go to ChiluminatiPod.com. Click on the big old poster and go buy yourselves a ticket. We sold out last time. We want to sell out again. So uh, we will have a VIP experience that will be limited to a small number what of people. What do you people. mean VIP experience? I mean, I'm going to strip tease for them, but they won't mm, get right. to see you know it all. What? I'm going to say we don't do that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna moan into the microphone. Hello, my little children. Mm, while I do, we're gonna uh, workshop that bit. We're yeah. gonna get back to you with the real VIP experience. We're not sure what's gonna be. Yet. It's gonna be better than that for sure. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait to go to Austin, Texas. I love Austin, Texas. I this is the type of city where I'm gonna go like show up at mysterious restaurants and I was gonna say, are we gonna food. do like in a, a few Austin days, boys? We have to. We what's have to figure on? it out. We're going to do a, de- a night in Houston because you're going to spend the first night with me in my house. Ooh, and then we're going to drive to Austin. Nasty. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to drive up to Austin. And yeah, we can do a couple days in Austin if you want. I Texas like- hates Austin because it's like California, apparently. Yeah, but like, I, you know, there's you know so much funny? cool stuff to That's see and do from. there. So like, whatevs. I'm yeah, the I'm game. I'm the uh, Clarice Starling of California. So I got to get out to Austin and <laughs> kill, arrest a sex murderer. And uh, I'm the Hannibal Lecter of California. I'm going to help, but also eat a person. You're going to eat <laughs> Ray Liotta's brains. <laughs> I have never seen Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, no, yeah. Mathis is Ray, Mathis is Ray Liotta. Uh, I, I know a lot about it because it's just so pervasive in pop culture. Mathis, I have something yeah, I want to feed you. I'm getting I know my you're going to love it. Slowly. I know you're going to love it. It's almost like it's a part of you, dude. You're going to love yeah. it. I don't, I don't doubt that for how much I love true crime. Yeah, I know. I got you. <laughs> That's actually that's actually not a bad one. Let's just lock it in. Let's do fucking Silence of the Lambs next movie. Bam, bam, bam. We, yeah, all right. I mean, I'm down to do Silence of the Lambs. You want to do Silence of the Lambs for the next chill tracks? There yeah. you go. Done. All right. We're going to do a good movie. I, I was going to recommend a Nicolas stuff. Cage movie, but like, hey, this is a better choice. Dude, oh, I want to do a Nicolas Cage movie so bad. I got a good we one. And it is need- bad, y'all. It's bad. <laughs> I'm so excited. What What okay. is the name of it? It's called Pay the Ghost. Oh my god! I just and it is a horror movie. Wanna, I don't even want to know ghosts. anything else. Yeah, I just gotta know. I just gotta watch it. The, se- yeah, the title I, I alone is so that. stupid. Yeah. Uh, yep. What well, about them? Next two movies. What about them up. cryptids? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about New some Zealand. New Zealand cryptids. Oh, that's All the right. worst. We're the worst. Gentlemen, send what us to jail. <laughs> Whoa! What, what was that? New Zealand. New Zealand cryptids. No, he what? sounds like Borat. I'm taking. I don't want to join. I don't want to join with him. I don't want to be on that on that. My I don't want to be associated wife. with that oppression. <laughs> my uh, my hobbit wife, Mary okay. and the Pippin. <laughs> uh, how would he say? How would he talk? How would he call Sam? Borat. <laughs> Yeah, how would he call his friend He'd over? Probably he say call Samwise? he would probably say something too dirty to repeat on this on this on this show. <laughs> okay, all right, cryptids, cryptids. We got to focus. All right, on the ranking system. Here we go, New Zealand. If you're listening, we've, we're going to discover your new mascot. The first of our cryptids is the moa. The moa were giant flightless birds native to New Zealand, and they actually did exist. I've heard of these. Yes. Yeah. They were comprised of a total of nine species, ranging from the size of turkeys to nearly double the height of humans. What the largest in the world? Yeah, they were. If you there's actually a picture of uh, a couple pictures of them. If you can Google all in black and white <laughs> or like what's purported to be. And like it looks almost like what was the long necks? Like a Brachiosaurus. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure I got Wait, that right. This, is, like this that. is a real thing, though, right? Yes, but it, does, it doesn't exist anymore. Or 
does it? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're starting out a little tame here, a little tame. The largest of uh, was the South Island giant moa, which could grow to a height of about 11 feet and weighed nearly 800 pounds. That is fucking JP the Lost World situation right there. That is like <laughs> Steven Spielberg dinosaur blockbuster. You know what they are? They're the, oh my God. They're the dinosaurs. You know the scene where they're in Jurassic Park? I, I can't yeah. remember. The, oh, what, the Gallimimus. Yes, the, the Gallimimus. The, they run in the herds. That's yeah. exactly oh, what these yeah. things are. Oh yeah. my God. I don't know how I didn't think That's of that. That's right. I was in elementary school in the 90s, so I know <laughs> everything about fucking dinosaurs. I was about to call them the dinosaurs. but that's not what that is at all. I, so you're I, totally right. Yeah, I did watch Jurassic Park in school. I think a couple times. I think my teachers what like kid throwing ha- it on. If you haven't seen Jurassic Park, you literally grew up at you were born at the age twenty five. You, you were never born with an iPhone in your hand. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. You, you missed it. Uh, so these guys were belong to a group of birds known as ratites, which also included ostriches, emus, and kiwis. Genetic studies suggest that the closest living relative of the moa are the f- uh, flight tinamous of South America, once considered to be a sister uh, to the ratites. They were the largest land animals in New Zealand, being found in forest, shrubland, sub, uh, subalpine habitats. The moa's main predator was the Hast's eagle, the biggest eagle to have ever existed. Both became extinct alongside the moa soon after humans arrived around 700 years ago. Surprise, surprise. We killed all of them when we arrived in Crushing the area. Crushing fam. Human, human. Represent humans. What's up? <laughs> uh, they, so yeah, we came, ruined everything. Their main cause of extinction was by the Maori, who exploited the abundance of moa along with the mammalian predators that they brought with them, causing them to go extinct within a hundred years of their arrival. So humans showed up and in a hundred years, they were all gone. What a crazy 100 years that must have been. Just pure bloodshed. The slaughter of the dino birds. Honey, wake up. It's time to go slaughter Samoa. That is but I don't think just... like anyone like you have to consider that. I don't think anyone, especially if you're like a southeastern island tribal people. I don't think you were thinking like we're destroying. Like it seems. No, no, we're just doing what humans do. Yeah. Just, like just take over an area. Yeah, I don't think it was like, you know, the modern capitalist version of like, no, we take it. Like, I think it was just like, no, I just it, it happened. That. Yeah, like, like you, humanity they, does. They that. just they showed up where they were, where they were at and they found a good probably food source, probably mm. supply source. Yeah. But but, you know, that's what it all starts as anyway. The only reason it's different now is because we like got iPhones. You know what I mean? We got like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, after that hundred years, generations went by. And uh, eventually it, the moa was totally forgotten about until the Europeans arrived when the remains of the moa were once again found. It's believed that early ancestors of these birds actually could fly, reaching New Zealand around 60 million years ago when they first Giant arrived. Giant flighted birds. That's horrifying. Are they, <laughs> but also 60 million years ago is, is that like pterosaurs? Is that like what they think? Like 60 million years ago? Is that dinosaur time? Off the top of my is head, I know. 65 million years ago is the, the 60, yeah, 64 is, is dinosaurs. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, these would be a close ancestor of, like, I don't know. What comes after the Cretaceous period? Whatever that period is. Because well, everybody yeah. says that, like, dinosaurs didn't, like, I don't know. I, I don't know the current wisdom. It's been, like, science obviously is always in flux on stuff like this. But, like, yeah, I don't know. If they if they did evolve into birds, like what the hell? It was a flighted moa that's twice the height of a man. That's hor- yeah, it's horrifying. Just, to that's think like about. a fucking 
that's a that's monster hunter that's dead ass like <laughs> nonsense <laughs> it's like a first couple of missions in monster Hunter. yeah, yeah you're right um so yeah uh once they arrived at the uh, at the island though they became totally isolated from then on until humans showed up and and made them extinct however there have been a few sightings of the bird ever since their extinction dating back to the 1800s in fact in 1820s somewhere around there George Pauly, a man by the name of George Pauly, claimed to have seen a bird 20 feet high by an unnamed lake in uh, Otago region of the Southern Island. Had he just Pauly landed there away. in his he house just... with balloons on the top? <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. Um, he said as soon as he saw the thing, he completely ran away. Walter Buller wrote that the Maoris claimed a large kiwi lived in the Chatham Islands until about the 1830s. I, aren't kiwis like super tiny birds they're like, like little like super small they're like little they look like a character from earthbound I don't, they don't yeah. look like they could be real yeah but they're tiny though aren't they uh i don't know how tiny i mean like what's tiny i'm crazy i thought they were like maybe a foot high at most oh i think you're right i think i think they're like the size of like a kitten maybe a little smaller huh. well it's not the only sight of a giant kiwi in the 1840s, Australian bird painter John Gould reported seeing what he described as giant kiwis on the South Island as well. Actually, it looks were, like some of them get pretty big. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They, this one was around a meter tall uh, and Gould's spurred feet description had matched those of fossilized moa footprints found on the North Island. And in the mid 1840s, the crew of the whaler Magnolia reported trapping a big emu that weighed like 500 pounds. The captain what? who was a taxidermist was said to have preserved the bird to send it to the London Museum. However, no known specimen was ever sent but like, to the museum. Emus, though, those Australia lost a war to emus. So just, <laughs> they, you know, they lost a war dude, to emus. That is like up, the best story. Up. Yeah. Look it up. They it's had crazy. like Gatling guns or something versus the emus what? and they couldn't win. Like it. <laughs> what? I, Whoa, wait, what? I don't Get think up, I made that dude. up. Can we do an episode on the war against emus? It's more just like here? sad and gross and, and, <laughs> and awful than it is mysterious in any so way. But. Can I tell you guys something amazing? I love, I love the science part of the internet. So I looked up what the period I was like, all right, well, what, what is takes place after 65 million years? Like in the geological timeline, What's that called? It's called the Paleogene period of time. And that's sort of like immediately after the dinosaurs, it's the rise of the mammals is all that stuff. But the best part of this entire thing, I'm going to link it to you right now is on that page. It talks about the rise of giant birds. And there is an image of what appears to be a dodo battling one of the birds we're talking about. And it is incredible. And I just Bad want you to know, oh my God, that's wild. That's cool. Just put what it out the there. Heck? We should definitely include that on the subreddit because it it's is like dinosaurs cool. fighting. This is like literally like a Pokemon battle. It's, it's this is nonsense. Yeah. Fighting. Looks so good. So that is, Dang, yeah, I, a, get, I get what you're talking picture. about. It's 100% just giant birds during this time period. So it makes sense that they would, if you are in New Zealand and that is, it's cut off and they have all these other crazy animals there. That is the rest of the world changes and, and all these different things are in flux there in New Zealand. You still have the giant birds. Checks out. It's pretty cool. Uh, I've got a couple more sightings and an actual possible picture of one and a news article of one. So in 1867, four gold miners claimed to have seen a MOA, quote, on Saturday, July 27th, about four o'clock in the afternoon, whilst enjoying a pipe by the side of a small fire in our hut, 
With the door open, my attention was suddenly directed to a large animal on the opposite range. I was not long in doubt as to what the stranger was. My mates cried out, it's a moa, and the moa sure it was. The bird must have been more than a mile in a straight line uh, from us, but as the horizon was clear, every movement could be detected. The bird was evidently going at a great pace, and I can only compare it to the movements of an emu or an ostrich. We had a full view of the bird for more than two minutes when he suddenly disappeared on the other side of the range. So another, a nice little 1860s diary entry of one that that's saw, saw it. And I, I can imagine if I saw a giant bird off in the horizon, knowing that a war of emus was coming, I'd be scared. I'd be horrified. Um, I, big birds. It's it's not. Have you ever been in the presence of like one of these types of birds? Like an ostrich oh God, or an yeah, emu? like a zoo or something. Yeah, I, it is. It is crazy. I know that. I had to have brought this up because it feels very much like something we talk about in this show, but another great show, Radio Lab. Uh, I'm going to say like even very, better than our show, even I mean, Radio like, Lab it's, might it's, even it's, be a it's little like bit a, better it's, than it's our like show. a distant second compared to the show. Yeah, but anyway, as good as ours. <laughs> but one of the episodes they did featured this weird skull that they had found of like an ancient man. And they couldn't figure out what killed this guy. And they were doing all these studies on it. And they were like, oh, it could have been a saber tooth. Like, clearly he was attacked by something, right? And there were these weird marks on his face. And, oh, yeah, I remember this. And one of the things that happens is they discover that there are actually claw marks inside his eyes. And when, like his eye sockets. And when they do the research, they're like, oh, the only thing that has claws that would do like on the forehead and up in the eyes are birds, like talons. And yeah. so the whole episode they do devolves into this thing. that's kind of like, you know, when you're out at night or like out and you see a shadow above you, your initial reaction is to immediately be like scared and look up. That is very similar to probably what these people were feeling. And it's like ingrained in our DNA because at one point in time, human beings were terrified of giant birds snatching them up. God, dude, I can't imagine like getting my eyes poked through my skull with giant emu basically stomping me to death. I'd be pretty rad. Like in terms of ways to go, like, I mean, I was pretty metal. Sure. Like I'm, I'm pretty into it. Yeah. <laughs> get right. picked up by a bird and like by my eyes no, and like mean, carried I'm away that sucks if that's i can so die degrading. in some sort of way that like a dude in a monster movie would die i don't care that would be rad i would be fine with that <laughs> all right i, I make, got two it, more I make a show of it i'd be like oh be like, <laughs> all right two more sightings and one with the photograph here we go in 1993 three hikers claimed to have seen a moa in the crate Craigieburn range in Arthur's Pass. That's got to be them, <laughs> not how you say that, right? That's probably not how you say it. I, dude, <laughs> here's, how, here's how it's spelled. You tell me how you would say this. All right. There you go. You know, God damn, that's not how I thought it was going to be spelled. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> how would you say that? <laughs> I would. I, Craigieburn. That's, like, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I had, too. Um, one of these people who was hiking was actually a former SAS soldier and mountaineer, Patty Freeney, who had managed to chase the bird and take a photograph of what appeared to be a fleeing moa. Later analysis by specialists at Canterbury University concluded that the picture seemed to show a genuine bird. A year later in the same vicinity, a physician found unusual browsing damage on plants that could only have been made by a moa, He, at least he proclaimed. So here's the picture that was taken. And... Uh, can't wait I'm to see this. I'm very curious on what your thoughts Can't are going to be on see this, this thing. I bet it better be a very clear picture of a giant bird. Oh, come on, bro. Get the fuck out <laughs> of here, dude. <laughs> this is like a joke from a Muppets where they like cut to who the culprit could be and they, they're trying to pretend like it's not a chicken. 
Canterbury University said it is clearly a bird. Give I mean, me, what am I even looking at? A blurry bird is what it is. <laughs> this is from this is a photo from 1993. This isn't even like a 60s photograph. There's no any context for height. Nothing. It looks like a chicken. It's also the photo looks cropped. Like, and yeah, yeah, you're right. Any context for height or anything like that is ruined because it's such a close up of a blurred photo. It dead ass looks yeah. like it dead ass looks like a chicken from like the far side. Like it looks like a fucking drawing of a chicken. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it does not. It's a terrible picture. And the fact that a can, the Canterbury University, uh, they use like that as evidence. Well, the Canterbury University concluded that it was a bird. Take it's that like, offline, yeah. Canterbury. That's <laughs> embarrassing. Don't have that on there. another one of their crazy <laughs> tales. That's just failed at English uh, in college. <laughs> I had to read that horrible book. I hated it. It's barely okay. a book. It's, yeah, it's like agreed. before books. It's you know like, <laughs> I think that's the, the, you can't get better than that. That's the photo. We'll end on that. You guys, if you want to look at that, I argue you could probably that's get like a little best, better. That's than like that. the best sighting that we could get of a MOA. That's like it. That's I might the most as well have we just have. imagined it with my eyes closed. It probably looks a lot better that way. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's the MOA. All right. Give me a rating. Do you think the MOA is better than Lord of the Rings as New Zealand's number one attraction? Nothing. I'm give it like a, no. I'm going to give it like a 70%. I think it's pretty good. Like if somebody found one of these, for example, that would be they, they would have to do some like this could be like the bald eagle of New Zealand. Nothing about this. <laughs> is better than anything in Lord of the Rings. Even that one, <laughs> that one uh, orc who was like, meets back on the menu. Like, even that guy's cooler than this. <laughs> what about, what about the fact that it made the country of New Zealand under the thumb of Warner Brothers pictures? I mean, that's, look. <laughs> <laughs> that's sad, but like. All this is, is this all this bird's trying to do is to grab somebody's eyes up. Yeah, once I mean, or like twice, you know. every once in a while, every th- couple hundred thousand years, they're just trying to grab somebody's eyeballs out of their head. That's it. All right, let's actually have like an a idea. car One, alarm. Two, I'm so sorry. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Cannot. Three, four, five, six. So there are six cryptids total. Why don't you rank them in order? Where would you put six. it on a list? Six, of six immediately. <laughs> Number one at the moment. Okay. okay. Same place in, in this list at the moment. Just right. got in last. I got in first, but there's only one thing on yeah, the list. There's only so. one spot. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. All right, let's move on to the next one. The Cabagon. The Cabagon is a cryptid that was very first spotted off the coasts of New Zealand by a Japanese fishing boat, the 28th Konpamaru in Nihongo in 1974. The Cabagon literally means hippo monster in Japanese. It sounds and like a like a Godzilla. Enemy. I'm going to send you a picture or a drawing because there was no photo of this thing. Um, and they believe that the and they named the monster basically on impulse. They just saw the thing and they immediately named it. And it just has been named that every day. Here is a little uh, artistic interpretation of what they believed they saw. OK, yo, that thing is from outer space. <laughs> that it, it, like actually dead ass looks like a monster that could be a rubber suit like Yes, it does. It, dead ass it really looks does. Like one of those monsters from like Power Rangers or literally like Godzilla. Godzilla versus Capagon. Look most at that thing. Pe- the most notable physical features of this creature are very large eyes and huge nostrils. A large head measuring uh, about one and a half meters in height from under the nostrils to the He's top a of the head. Pokemon. So those big yeah. holes. Yeah. 
the coloration they saw they said was grayish. In general, the head of the creature resembles what is known as an imbozu, an umbozu. And I'm just going to link. I'm just going to. It's a. It's a sea monk. It's a whole other cryptid. It's a whole other thing. But it's like this monk in Japanese mythology, a sea spirit. It dwells in the ocean, usually emerges during storms, sinks ships. So that was like the thought that they had when they saw the Cabagon. He looks kind of friendly to me. I got to be honest. Like he looked. I do. I, you know what? I he feel looks the kind same of shy. Way. I feel he like looks he kind of sheepish. Fun. Like he's like, oh, I don't want to say hello. Oh. No, he looks like one of those rubber suit guys. You're absolutely right, Alex, except he just has no expression and still kills you. You know what well, I mean? He like just from the 50s movies. backwards like this and like an explosion yeah. happens like next to him. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I got one other piece of wood. like a piece of wood and he like bends a little bit. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. actually, let me. Only, guys are only like Ultraman dead. can really defeat yeah. him. Guys, you guys are so dead on in the way this thing looks. Hey, I, I will show you this picture in a minute. Um, they're going to really quickly go over uh, what they believed they saw. Uh, so in the afternoon of April 28th, 1974, um, on February 13th, 1958, at about 7 p.m., all members or of 20. I'm so sorry. Uh, in the afternoon of April 28th, 1974, all the people of the ship, including the captain Kimura of Japanese fishing vessel 28th Kampanaru, as I said prior, they witnessed a large creature off Littleton Peninsula. This is when they saw the large head and nostrils measuring to they, what they believe to be about a meter and a half. And Captain Kimura sketched the animal, which is the sketch you saw. That is actually the captain's drawing of what he thought he saw. Local magazine in New Zealand, the New Zealand Weekly Magazine, later picked this sighting and mysterious footprints were reported on a beach nearby the sighting location. However, no physical sightings have been reported since then. And I'm going to show you this magazine from Japan depicting. Yes, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yo! Yes. Yo, that <laughs> guy is a Pokemon. Gets, That's a cute. <laughs> it looks like a cartoon tarantula that is giant and lives in the ocean. Alex. <laughs> oh, my God. Have you seen that YouTube video series with that like cute tarantula? It's like, hello. Yes. And he's like, it's like, a, yes, it's exactly, it's exactly what that exactly is. Like it's exactly that. Except huge. <laughs> Just as cute, yeah. though. Yeah. In that interpretation, he looks furry. Yeah. He looks like yeah. he's got like, yeah, like weird. that thick, thick, hard fur. What's yeah. kind of fun is that the bottom two sets of eyes look a little bit more shocked than the top two. <laughs> they kind of the do. Top, like, the top set of eyes look like his eyes and the bottom set of eyes look like Mario threw his fucking little hat <laughs> onto his head <laughs> and took him it's over. True. <laughs> Um, the catagon <laughs> was initially speculated as a misidentified uh, a misidentification of pinnipeds, which were like walruses right. and such. However, the latter was denied as the species only inhabits the Arctic waters of the northern hemisphere. Some indicate that the creature is remnant is a remnant descendant of the Desmos Tilledae. Oh my! It's a scientific name of that particular species. I'll copy paste it so you can it's see a, it. it. This is a type of like walrus or something. Like classification of like walrus or some odd I honestly, thing. especially looking at that first picture and like thinking about how seal looks, I could totally see them yeah. seeing that picking out of the water and kind of getting a different idea of how it's shaped and what it does. Yep. Yeah. They, yep. That's exactly what they are. Uh, they're an extinct family of herbivorous marine mammals belonging to the order of Desmostilia. They lived in the coastal waters of the northern Pacific Ocean from early Oligocene through the late Miocene, existing for about 26.7 million years. Now you've learned. That's a lot of years. The Cabagon, so 
Yeah, it's a long, it's a long time. However, the descriptions of the creature actually fit to several species of pinnipeds, such as a leopard seal and southern elephant seal, especially southern elephant seal, the largest of living pinnipeds reaching five to six and a half meters in length, can be possible uh, candidate for this record. That's all we really have on the Cabagon. He's not nearly as well documented documented as the Mau, the Mau, uh, Moa, sorry. So, but he looks really cool, and I like that he's like an oceanic cryptid. What would you rank him on your list of potential new New Zealand attractions? What are, um, you know how we always, we have like a baseline of what we're trying to, because here's my thing. Mm-hmm. I'd rank him on like very high. Obviously he's the five and the other guy was a six. Like there's no doubt this guy's you better. You put this guy but, above? Seriously? Oh yeah, this Giant guy's above. Moa birds? Really? Yeah, this guy's above. Right. This guy's awesome. <laughs> but more importantly, the but here's the problem. This is, this is my conundrum. This dude... He is a water-based creature, but furry. Hence, mm. I don't know how cool that is because I feel like that would suck to be like you a giant like furry water thing. Like that would suck. <laughs> so like if we're basing it on like his his ability to be a good creature, I feel like he might be lower than the giant birds because the giant birds at least like had their shit together. I don't know. Well, but yo, <laughs> stuffed animal factor. Well, that's what I'm saying. If, Merch, if we're talking about the cuteness factor, if we're trying to much knock, higher. If we're not, if we're trying to knock LOTR off the top rung, you know, you got to bring yeah, the cute just, sometimes. And the Moa is awesome. The Moa, like if it was like teenage Moa Ninja Turtles or whatever, teenage nah, Ninja no, Moa still sucks. Imagine these guys as Ninja Turtles, though. <laughs> Too big. Teenage Mutant Ninja Four Eyed Furry Beast. Like these guys would be amazing. <laughs> the entire sewer system of New York City would be like destroyed. Yeah, I love these. <laughs> yeah, this this is my five. Splinter these guys are fine. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna put it, it for this for this purpose. I'm gonna put it above the Moa, but I still like the Moa more. Okay, all right. Next up is the Zuyo Maru creature. This is another cryptid that was actually discovered off the coast of New Zealand by a Japanese fishing boat. The it was actually a carcass that was pulled from the sea, uh, decay like half. So they decayed. got a good look at it's it. It's strange. Though. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you. I'll get you the picture. Its strange appearance led many to believe it was the remains of a plesiosaur, oh. which is an aquatic prehistoric reptile that some believe could be Nessie. A later testing of the tissue uh, showed that it was most likely a decomposed basking shark, or perhaps an undiscovered animal altogether. Let me get you guys the photo. What years is from? You, so you can uh, the seventies again. I believe okay. I just said. Uh, yep, seventy-seven. 1970. So more recently, even than the previous. Yeah, so just like about three years more. I'm waiting for this thing uh, to look exactly like a shark. Yeah, I can't wait to see this. I'm having <sighs> issues with the the photo loading for some reason. Here you go, boys. Oh Jesus! Looks like a fucking bloodborne boss. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to <laughs> make does. of that. It, yo, that thing is awful looking. It looks like it looks like Conchu yeah. from like the current Moon Knight series oh speaking of loved loved episode one enjoyed loved it yes yeah, but one. i knew you yeah, i knew of all the people you would be the one to like be like i like it yeah i oh, love yeah. it yeah i absolutely loved it okay so the discovery of this thing happened on april 25th 1977 by japanese trawler zuyomaru sailing 30 miles east of Christchurch, new zealand caught an enormous rotting car- carcass in his trawl the crew were convinced it was an unidentified animal but despite the potential biological significance of the curiosity uh, the curious discovery, rather, the captain, Akira Tanaka, decided to dump the carcass 
into the ocean again, so not to risk spoiling the caught fish that they just had. However, before that, photos were taken. Some people made some sketches uh, of the creature, and they nicknamed it Nessie by the crew. Measurements were taken, and some samples of skeleton, skin, and fins were collected for further analysis by experts in Japan. The discovery resulted in immense commotion and a plesiosaur craze in Japan. As the sh- and the shipping company ordered all its boats to try to relocate the dumped corpse again, and they could obviously never find it because it's the fucking ocean. Right, it's Good gone. Luck. It's <laughs> like, gone. I don't know. Uh, like, I look. Oh shit! We should have taken. I'm not it saying home. that looks to me like a plesiosaur for sure. I'm not saying that, but it definitely looks fucked up enough that I can see why people were taken with it. I I is that supposed to be the head there off to the side? Yeah, yep, that's supposed to be the head limped off to the right hand so side. So that's interesting. It does look like it's on the end of a long aquatic neck. But I mean, if you well, it, 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 it could be chunks <sighs> missing, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, like I get here's the thing is if you go off what a plesiosaur looks like and you say that that's the head, assuming that's actually the head, then yeah, you can see where like the side fins would be. You can see kind of where like the but it also could be one of those things where once again the human mind always tries to make order from chaos and we're looking at a thing here that we just don't know what we're looking at right yeah so the one thing that they said it could be is a basking shark right so i think yeah here's a little comparison of a basking shark held in a similar position to the corpse okay oh wow yeah oh that's i if you because here's the thing, the neck asking sharks are huge, too. By the yeah, way, yeah, the neck of this thing, the thing is supposed to be its neck. That could just be a spine and the flesh it's is just is got gone. like eaten all everything yeah. eaten and the bottom jaw eaten. Yeah, I could see it also. Damn, that's yeah. a good pick, though. That and should this is this is a better picture even than the other one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that bird picture. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean yeah, the other no, that bird picture? The that's bird not a picture. picture. <laughs> that's not that's I can't conclude that that's a photograph for sure. It's definitely a photo of whatever. Sure. Um, That could be watercolor. (laughs) If you ask me once again, though, this is the only encounter that we've had of this creature. It was named after the fisherman who found it. So where would you rank this thing on the cryptid list? Because we have no idea what its abilities are. The closest thing we can compare it to in terms of the cryptids is Nessie. And Mm -hmm. I feel like Scotland already has Nessie as theirs. Yeah, yeah, this one's well, not like, as big of a it's not groundbreaking. It doesn't scream New Zealand to me. Plus, this was found in the ocean, yes? Yes, sir. Off the By coast Japanese fishermen. Yep. So I don't think even that's true. New Zealand the claim it is too, theirs. Yeah, the Kabagon was also Japanese fishermen off the New Zealand coast. Uh yeah, but they really sold me on it. So this is this is <laughs> you know what? This is the new this is the new six. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. All right. I agree. I agree with the six. I think I'd put yeah, this as six as it's, well. It's kind of, of got uh, six of all of them. Now that I've seen that shark, yeah, I kind of feel like it might be a six. <laughs> okay. Next up is the Mohau. The Mohau, also known as Maro, Matau, Tuhorangi, Teongina, or Rapuai. Described by Maori people. I'm so sorry. I did my very That's best. That's like on my that. like uh, sixth grade <clears throat> through twelfth grade internet screen name collection. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Maori people of New Zealand described it as being terrible creatures, half man, half animal, with a very aggressive temperament, 
they were only too happy to massacre and eat anyone that strayed into their New domain. Zealand uh, skinwalkers? No, closer to Bigfoot, actually. You will see. I'll show you a really awful drawing. That's oh, great. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Early encounters often talk of these creatures exhibiting aggression and throwing rocks to frighten people off. It was these creatures largely found in the Coromandel Ranges that were thought to be responsible for the uh, for the find of a headless, partially devoured body of a prospector in the Martha Mine region in 1882. Later, later further up in the foothills, the corpse of a woman was found. It was discovered that she had been dragged from the shack in which she lived while the remainder of her family were away and her neck had been snapped. Yeah, it's kind of weird, kind of weird to find like just like a neck snap yeah. and no body. And the other one was a torn up. Taon uh, were greatly feared by the population of the lower Waganoi River as they were said to viciously attack any fishermen who strayed into their territory. This vicious behavior, however, seems to have abated in more modern encounters as the beasts in most instances flee on the sight of humans. They're believed from legend to be able to crush any strong Maori warrior with ease, employing their large, powerful hands. They're said to be tool producing beasts using wood and stone. The articles crafted are said to resemble those produced by Homo erectus hominids. Uh, they are mostly believed to be an evolved orangutan that fled to these in uninhabited <sighs> islands of Polynesia. That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Mohau are depicted as being as tall as a man completely hair covered with marginally ape like facial features. And with that description, I will give you the photo. It's not a photo. I will give you the drawing of this creature that I have here. Dude, what are we going to have like a thing included online for everyone to go look at? Yeah, I'll do uh, a Reddit post where all the photos I'm using are being. This looks like somebody took a picture of the forest and threw a fruit roll up on the camera, man. Like what? (laughs) What the hell? It's not a photo. It's a drawing. It's a, it's an artistic interpretation. No, it's not. That's like MS Paint. That's like a oh, that's like an AI drawing of Homer I, Simpson. I love <laughs> that they were like, yeah, and so this is where the hand would be. There is no distinction of that's where the it's hand is. It's drawing, amazing. It's a drawing of the Patterson-Gimlin film just like on a low-res <laughs> image of the forest, dude. I love that. <laughs> I so love that description. Low-res image oh, of the forest. Man. <laughs> But you see what I mean? Like closer to like a Bigfoot than than like any other creature. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it looks um, exactly like Bigfoot. Like, I mean, except it's done with like a brush tool from 1991. But other than that. Yeah. 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 Uh, the primary difference from human appearance being the uh, extremely long finger t- fingers tipped with sharp talons capable of tearing apart. Tough this is saber tooth from X-Men. <laughs> X-Men what? Uh I love that scene where he does that swirl around the top of the Statue of Liberty's like crown. Oh, he's like, yeah, Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is that, was that Wolverine who did that? I thought that was Sabretooth. No, Sabretooth was played anyway. by like, I forget who it was, some wrestler. Hey, okay. hey, Mathis. Yeah. Do you know what happens to a frog when it's struck by lightning? <laughs> <laughs> what does he say? Does he say the same thing what? that happens to anything else? <laughs> Yeah, I'll, uh, that is one of the worst gets, lines I've ever heard in a movie ever. It sucks so bad. X Men One, it's not cool. X Men One was before there were superhero movies, guys. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure I loved that line as a kid. I was like, also, oh hell yeah! I love that she had an accent in that film. Go back and watch the, oh, the yeah, trilogy. Did she? 
Aurora Monroe has an accent for some reason in that film, even though I guess she's supposed to, but like she's supposed to they be like, that. yeah, from Africa. Yeah. No, they got Yikes. rid of that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> the primary difference, obviously, like the they have sharp talons, etc. They're often described as manimals. It is possible that if these man beasts existed prehistorically, they would have been more than capable of bringing down a, a large moa, for instance. The large talons spoken of seem to designate this creature's predatory nature. However, large talons are also found elsewhere in the animal kingdom in animals that rip open uh, rotten logs to acquire nourishment. Considering the indigenous Maori used to eat the large, nutritious hoo-hoo grubs, it is not impossible that this beast may also be insectivorous. Matau giants are described as being ape-like, around three meters tall, uh, slow, clumsy creatures that are of a strong, muscular stature. These creatures can be categorized as follows. Those that are the stature of an ordinary human, uh, those that are the stature of the Matau. So there's like versions that are smaller and versions that are bigger. They come in varying like shapes and systems? sizes. Yeah, I guess so. Like, a like caste workers system. and hunters and stuff, foragers. Like members of the covenant. <laughs> yeah, is that what this is yeah, like? That's what this is. You got it. Yeah. Exactly. Grunts uh, and elites. It's possible. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's what, yeah, these are the New Zealand elites. It's possible that some of these man beasts may still exist in the more remote isolated areas of bush throughout both islands with habitat destruction and human encroachment. The species, if it survives, must unquestionably be unquestionably be on the brink of extinction or maybe already extinct. It appears the last bastion of the Mohau is in the Coromandel ranges where accounts seem to indicate they resided in their greatest population density. Footprints are in most instances the main evidence of these creatures, very similar to Bigfoot. In 1903, footprints larger than a man's were found in the Karagahake Gorge in Coral Mandel. In 1971, a trail of footprints similar to a man's, though extended in appearance, was located on snow-covered ground and led into a zone of bush on a hillside by a park ranger. In 1983, there was, uh, was when a deer hunter chanced upon man-like footprints that could have been no more than an hour old along a riverbank in the Hefe River Can you imagine area. Imagine finding in, that. Can you just just no like, one will ever believe you? Like, you know, like you find them, you're like, these are Bigfoot footprints. I'm gonna go back and say I found them. Nobody's gonna say that I saw Bigfoot. Yep. And if you take pictures, nobody's gonna believe you. Well, you gotta take them. <laughs> you can't just, just draw them after the fact. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You gotta take those pictures first and foremost. Uh, and in 1991, campers in the Cameron Mountains of the South Island elected to abandon their camp after finding unusually large man-beast prints near where they were camping. Man-beast. Yeah, I, they just mean like long, large. Yeah, no, I know what they mean. It's I just guess. like it's a weird description. It sounds man like beast a prince. like a He-Man villain. Man-beast <laughs> sounds like what they call in humans in like some kind of like made-up like you know. Like what they call them in like the what whatever those things are in small soldiers, the like Yeah. Oh my god, I loved that movie when I was a kid. I saw that movie so many times. Archer. I loved Oh yes. Oh wow, that it's was like when that, when uh, they of the Apes, where then when they talk about humans, like man yeah. beast, oh, the comes man beast here. comes. <laughs> uh one of my favorite encounters happened in nineteen seventy when a party of campers also abandoned their camp because a large what they called man like creature assaulted them screaming loudly and hurling rocks at their oh, camp. Oh, shit. 
<laughs> just like this creature comes out of the woods with handfuls of rocks. Even if that was just like just a crazy hermit, that's fucked up. That'd be terrible. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's that's scarier in my opinion. I would prefer the cryptid because at least then you know you at got least to you learn had an experience. of like a new creature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like a crazy a wild man. Wow, that's awful. Um, but that about wraps up the sightings of this creature and what it's all about. Where would you boys rank the Mohau? The Mohau is like, I got to put it low, like with Nessie. Mohau funk. I gotta, maybe gonna I'm going to give it, it number you? five, just because here's the thing. Like, it's Agreed. better. It's better okay. than the like shark carcass that's Nessie. It's got its own <laughs> little bit going on. But like Loki, these are just like the same thing as Bigfoot. Like, I feel like whatever people see in America that they're saying is Bigfoot, whatever that phenomenon is whatever the real explanation is i think it's the same thing in new zealand i don't know what that thing is i don't know if there's a real ape man out there of varying sizes the elites the brutes the grunts i don't know what's going on out there but but uh the wild world that's why i give it five instead of six but i don't think it's i don't think it's dethroned in l-o-t-r we got to leave that for the hippo puss yeah uh, moa is still your number one For, for me Number one, Moa. But if we're if it's a double list, okay. I got to give it to the Cabogon because it's more marketable. Let's be honest. Okay, guessing where'd you put him? Number five. Yeah, right now my my Pumping four five six slot bit. is filled. I'm waiting for something okay. better to come along, and so far nothing, nothing All beats right. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Let me try and sell this one to you, then, boys. The next up is the Taniwa. The Taniwa. I like the name a lot. <clears throat> They, the Taniwa from Maori mythology, are large supernatural beings that live in deep pools and rivers, dark caves, or in the sea, especially in places with dangerous currents or deceptive breakers like giant waves. They may be considered highly respected kaitiaki, which means protective guardians, of people and places, or in some traditions, as dangerous predatory beings. For example, they would kidnap women to have as their wives. These things. What do they have? Institutions of marriage? <laughs> yeah, that's they have their own marriage system and they have to kidnap their wives to have them. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, linguists have reconstructed the word Taniwa, uh, which is from Proto-Oceanic, I guess, of Tanifa, meaning shark species. Basically, at sea, a Taniwa often appears as a whale or as quite a big shark, like a northern right whale or a whale shark. Compare the Maori name for the great white shark uh, to Mongo Taniwa. I guess they're 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 similar in uh, how they kind of use the word. They're both called Taniwa. In inland waters, yeah. In inland waters, they may still be of whale-like dimensions, but look more like a gecko or a tuatara, which is a lizard also in New Zealand. So they're like whale-sized geckos. So which we're is back in monster hunter territory, is what you're saying. Yes, this is very much Monster Hunter territory. Okay. Yeah, very, very uh, much. This is promising have, so far, I gotta say. I, I agree. That's my, Yeah, I agree. I won't say which one's my favorite of them, because we got, still got more coming. The Taniwa have rows of spines along their back as well. Other Taniwa appear as a floating log, which behaves in a disconcerting way. Some can tunnel through the earth, uprooting trees in the process. Legends credit certain Taniwa with creating harbors by carving out a channel to the ocean. Wellington's harbor, Te Wangunai Atara, was reputed, I'm sorry if I butcher that as always, was reputedly carved out by two Taniwa, according to legend. 
The petrified remains of one of them turned into a hill overlooking the city. What? Other Taniwa allegedly caused a landslide, a landslides beside lakes or rivers. Taniwa can be male or female and uh, is said to have arrived in New Zealand with the early voyaging canoes and her 11 sons uh, by the, oh, oh, sorry. The Taniwa Araiteru, which is a canoe, I guess, or canoe area, is where they apparently arrived from. Uh, there has been some speculation based on several marine sightings and uh, on purported habitat and physical representations that the Taniwa myth may be based on periodic populations of saltwater crocodile, which rarely end up crossing the strait from Australia. Northern New Zealand presently appears to be just outside the temperature range where a population can sustain itself indefinitely, dying out during unusually cold uh, winters. And what do they need wives so that's like for? The fis- yeah, what I don't is, know. What do they get up to? I was, thought, I was thinking you were going to say they have like, you know, house, like houses and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're going to get a little bit more into the mythology okay. of them now. So most Taniwa have associations with tribal groups. Each group may have a Taniwa of its own, because remember, they can be guardians. That's what it translates to. The Taniwa Urea, depicted uh, in this picture, which I, can, I will be showing you in a minute, uh, was associated as a guardian with the Maori people of the Harukai district. Many well-known Taniwa arrived in Hawaki, often as guardians of a particular ancestral canoe. Once arrived in Aotearoa, they took a protective role over the descendants of the crew of the canoe that they had accompanied. So like the original Maori people, as they canoed into this area, they were protected by the the Taniwa as their spirit guardian, basically. The origins of many other Taniwa are actually unknown. We don't know where the roots of the others are. When accorded appropriate respect, Taniwa usually acted well towards their people. Taniwa acted as guardians by warning of the approach of enemies, communicating the information via a priest who was a medium. Sometimes the Taniwa saved people from drowning. I love this. Because they, yeah, this is I Godzilla. Because they yeah. lived in... We're in there. <laughs> because they lived in dangerous or dark and gloomy places, the people were careful to placate the Taniwa with appropriate offerings if they needed to be in the vicinity or to pass by its lair. These offerings were often of green twig accompanied by a fitting incantation. And in harvest time, the first kumara, which is a sweet potato, or the first taro was often presented to the Taniwa as its tribute. Arising from the role of Taniwa as as tribal guardians, the word can also refer in a complementary way to chiefs. The famous saying of the Tanui people of the Waikato district plays on this double meaning. Waikato Taniwa Rauru. Waikato of the Hundred Chiefs is what it translates to, and Taniwa is part of that, that dedication. Um, as they're in their role as guardians, Taniwa were vigilant to ensure that pe- the people respected the restrictions imposed by Tapu. Uh, tapu is a Polynesian traditional concept denoting something holy or sacred. Uh, it involves rules, prohibitions, etc., etc., religious rules, basically. And, these, and Taniwa enforced these religious rules. They made certain that any violations of tapu were punished. Taniwa were especially dangerous to people from other tribes that were not under its protection. There are many legends of battles with Taniwa, both on land and at sea, and often these conflicts took place soon after the settlement of New Zealand, generally after a Taniwa had attacked and eaten a person from a tribe that it had no connection with. Always, the humans managed to outwit and defeat the Taniwa. Many of the, these creatures are described as being lizard-like form, 
And some of the stories say the huge beasts were cut up and eaten by the people who Excellent. slayed them. Monster yeah, it's hunter. really, really cool. It, it really is. Uh, many Taniwa were killers, but in this particular instance, the Taniwa Karaware was eventually tamed by Tamure. Tamure lived in Harukai and was understood to have a magical uh, power that was able to defeat the Manawa. How to tame your dragon. This is, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect. I'm on board. Uh, the Mon... The Manukau people then called a Tamur, a Tamur to help kill the Taniwa and the two creatures wrestled and the Tamur clubbed the Taniwa over the head. Although he was unable to kill it, his actions tamed the Taniwa and Kaiware still lives in the waters, but now lives on, uh, on the, the food of crayfish and octopus. Um, basically, that's about it. We can keep going into more details, though. We've got a couple more I want to get through before we wrap up. Uh, this is my one of my personal favorites of, yeah. of these. Where do you boys sit with the Taniwa? I'm campaigning for number one on the Taniwa. I like this Taniwa campaigning. It's like a little one. Godzilla for everyone. It's like a like I, I you know it's like a mix between. Here's a a stone carving of what it would look like as like a gecko type thing. Like, are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> I I must say that the Taniwa uh, not only. Is featured in a lot of popular culture. There's Taniwa stuffed animals. There's, There's a Taniwa here. Magic the Gathering card that's two dollars and six cents on eBay. There oh, is shit. this delightful image of a Taniwa looking like Alex Fasciani on a beach with his friends. What? Oh hell there yeah! Is the Taniwa <laughs> number one? Taniwa is killing it right now. Everything. I guess there's a uh, a TV show called wellington paranormal which oh, yeah. i think is like That's related to what we do in the shadows i think yeah 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 uh there's an episode where they go find the taniwa there is taniwa's everywhere i love it huge fan of this I love it this is definitely number let's one let's get this guy up this there. is number a solid one, one. Yeah. yeah all right is he number one for you too 100 well? did he bump he the, bumps moa the moa down, down. yeah 100 percent. okay all right we'll go into the next one uh, this next one is actually originated in Australia. However, there have been claimed sightings of this in New is Zealand. Is this six of six? And it's, no, there should be There's one okay. more after this, and then it should be six. So, This one is called the Bunyip. Bunyip? Have you boys heard of the Bunyip I have heard before? Of Bunyip. I have an awesome picture of the bunyip. Uh, how about you, Jesse? Have you heard the bunyip before? I don't think so. All right. I think you're going to like this picture. I think Magic the Gathering when I see this picture. There it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is pretty good, too. Yo, that guy looks awesome. Yeah, he really does so look like a magic thing- uh, card. You're 100% right there. Yeah. But the other guy was a magic card. Yeah, that's true. true that's true. true. And also... You know, as a knock against the bunyip, while it's been seen in New Zealand, it originates in Australia. So is it really a New Zealand cryptid? That's not I, like as a, as somebody who's trying to like, you know, market, do marketing for New Zealand. I I think that's going to be a pain point. We're going to have to figure out some way I, to establish this as New Zealand-esque if we're going to. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to be able to. But here's I'll give you the rundown of its origins coming from Australia. The bunyip, which is translated in Aboriginal Australian to mean devil or evil spirit also known as the Kian Prati, is a creature of Aboriginal mythology. It lives in swamps, billabongs, I love that word, by the way, creeks, riverbeds, and waterholes all over Australia and can be found in New Zealand. Bunyip in the Wemba Wemba language means devil or evil spirit as well. 
Aboriginal peoples used to tell tales of creatures that stalked the waterways and ate any prey item that came close. And the creature had developed a taste for humans, mostly for children. Many of the modern sightings that have come from the Australian people come in a wide variety of descriptions, scaly, furry, big, small, skinny, fat, and so on. The bunyip then is represented as uniting the characteristics of a bird and an alligator. It has a head resembling an emu with a long bill at the extremity of which is a uh, transverse projection on each side with serrated edges like bone of the stingray. Transverse projections (laughs) on my on each side. I'm out. No, thanks. Yeah. So it's like a saw sawed bill on on the sides. Like, wait, I'm trying to wait. So what does that mean? Is he like a predator? What does that mean? It looks like an emu and then has like a long bill. And then the sides of the bill are like pointed like a saw, like pointy. Okay. All right. I guess I understand that. Be- that. Okay. I thought okay. you meant like his mouth open, like the freaking predator. Oh, no, no, I was no, like, no. It just has like a saw-like thing on the side. The hind legs are remarkably thick and strong, and the forelegs are even are much longer than the the rear, but still of great strength. The extremities are furnished with long claws, but the uh, uh, they usually uh, the usual method of killing its prey is by hugging it to death. When in the water, it swims like a frog, and when on shore, it walks on its hind legs with its head erect, in which position it measures 12 to 13 feet in height. Don't want to get hugged by it. I don't like that detail. That's creepy to me. (laughs) There's a bunch of descriptions for this creature. Some say it has a dog-like face, dark fur, a horse-like tail, flippers, walrus-like Even just looking at the Wikipedia, it's like every single picture of it is totally different. Yeah, it just looks all crazy. It, they not only do they say they like children, but some say it prefers women as well. One legend says that a man named Bunyip broke the rainbow serpent's greatest law by eating his totem animal. Banished by the good spirit Biami, the man became an evil spirit that lured tribesmen, tribesmen and their livestock into the water so that he could eat all of them. God damn. One of the first recorded accounts of the Bunyip took place in 1818 when James Meehan and explorer Hamilton Hume both found enormous bones in Lake in Lake Bathurst, located in New South Wales of Australia. They described the creature similar to a manatee or a hippopotamus. There's your bunyip, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, again, definitely has a knock against it because it. I like it's an it. I like cryptid, it. Really, it has like a nice, good cultural background. I like that there's many many different descriptions of it. But yeah, it's hard to put it as the emblem mm. of New Zealand uh, when it's not really New Zealand. Where would you put it on your list? I think I want to put it at number four. Okay. This is for all my New Zealanders out there. This is a six because it is not New Zealand and I will not have it higher than the New Zealand things. <laughs> six. <laughs> all right. Last cryptid, gentlemen. We're going to end where we began with another big bird. The Paukai, also known as the Hakawai or the Hokioi. It's a carnivorous bird from Maori mythology. It's described by Sir George Gray, an early governor of New Zealand, as a huge black and white bird with a red crest and yellow tinged wingtips. In Maori legend, the Paukai was said to kill and eat humans. In Maori mythology, the Hakawai was one of 11 tapu, which means sacred, uh, birds of Raka Mau Mau, the god of the winds. Hakawai lived in the heavens and only descended to earth at night, presumably to hunt. It was considered to be a gigantic bird of prey. This bird of prey has been killed in at least two separate legends. In one, a Puakai was killed by 
Pungar Hu, oh God, man, Pungare Hu with a stone axe to help the Nukumaitor, a race of fairies. So basically this guy was enlisted by fairies to help kill this giant bird. How Otarora also led a band of 50 men to kill one that had been targeting a local village by luring it into a hole, which caught the beast and allowed the men to kill it before ascending Mount Tarawara to finish off its young. So they went like, that's hardcore. They killed the beast and they were like, you know what? Let's also go kill this thing's children. So hearing the call of the Hakawai was considered to be a bad omen, traditionally presaging war. uh, Ornithologists in New Zealand believe the myth related to an unknown real life bird species as to whether it is a species that is extinct or still still alive is unknown. Mention of the Hakawai has occurred in Maori mythology throughout New Zealand for centuries since European settlement of the main islands. Direct experience of the Hakawai via its call is largely restricted to the Mutton Birds Island, several small islands in the vicinity of the Fovo Strait and Stewart Island. The islands have no permanent human residents, but are visited seasonally from mid-March to the end of May for mutton birding, the harvesting of sooty shear- shearwater chicks for food and oil. There, the sound. Of sc- <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I'm looking it up. I'm looking this uh, like this is crazy. <laughs> um, there, the sound ascribed to the Hakawai was described as having two main components: a vocal noise described as Hakawai, 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 hence its name. Followed by a non-vocal roar similar to the, similar to that of a jet engine. What? It is most often yeah, I know. It is most often heard on calm moonlit nights and typically sound as they come from a great height. So that's that's the uh that's the Paukai. Um this thing just sounds like it's real. S- yeah, but it, it comes from Maori mythology and it apparently eats people. Uh the there's no real image of it, no real sightings, just legends of this thing. I mean, big eagles and stuff, like you said, is not necessarily kind of. There's nothing of. particularly um, fantastical about this bird compared yeah. to the other things. It is heavily, it is heavily culturally relevant. It's kind of pretty. Do we have a good picture of it? Uh, if you look it up, you, I got, I got, I a got the Hakawai um, on Wikipedia. But this bird, that might be this what bird I have. As just well, looks then. kind of like a beautiful Audubon watercolor of a bird. Yeah, that's. I think we're looking at the same exact. Is this? Photo. Is this? A, is are you looking at the image of, of it attacking the other yes, birds? Uh, yes. No, yeah, I'm looking I at am. the Conocorpha auclandica. Oh, I'm looking at it attacking those big ass birds we talked about at the beginning, which to me places it above that. The moa. This is this is yeah, what I've this got. guy can attack the moa. This guy is above the moa. Is this not the right bird that I'm looking at right now? The thing you clicked linked me to sent me to an empty page. What? Wikipedia? <laughs> Alex, are you okay? I sent you to a Wikipedia. Are you guys page. not seeing this? Uh, <laughs> I am not what? seeing it. All no. right, I'm going to link it again. You guys really aren't seeing this? Oh, you know why? Your link, for some reason, the very last bracket is going, is like not clickable. It's like a regular text. What That's the why. hell? I got it now. Okay, so That's what weird. you're looking at is 100% not what we're talking about. Yeah, no, that looks like a kiwi. I know, that's what I was saying, but it says it's it's a, the Hakawai, the Hokioi. Yeah. Right? That's what you said, right? Hakawai, no, yeah, yeah, that's a picture of the supposed Hakawai. The one I sent you just looks like a giant eagle. Yeah, we're talking about descending the, upon its Yeah, this prey. one looks Hokai? way dope compared Hukai? to that Hukai? one. This looks like the predator that you said it had uh, at the beginning of the episode. Is it? Yeah, yeah doesn't it? It does kind of sound like that. 
It does look. I would love to like see this happen like in real life. That would be fun to watch. Uh, where would you rate it, boys? I'm going to put this one at number three. This is fair. This is my four because the first guy, Lamari, was uh, five. Right? No, this is my three. You're absolutely right. This is three. Mori five. Weird uh, carcass. No, wait. Weird carcass five. Mori four. <laughs> uh, Australian guy Bunny six. Bunny six. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, all right. Checks number out. one, then I think we're all in agree is the Tani Wa. Tani Wa is it's, it's it's solid so one. The best. Solid one. Yeah. It's yeah, it's the best. I agree. It's the best cryptid when I was reading these. Like a hundred percent my favorite one. Here's the question. It's such- Better than Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna say as a representative of the culture of New Zealand, one hundred and ten percent. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh I don't think I would want to replace Lord of the Rings. With I, you it, can though. still have Lord of the Rings. You just, you know, when we talk about New Zealand, people should be like, uh, sure, sure. You know what? You know what? Yeah. yeah I lost yeah. sight. I lost sight of the criteria. We were I'm looking American. for here. I have no, that I forgot numbers, game. so it's all right. It's fine. <laughs> Taniwa, I agree, should be the draw of New Zealand. So government, if you're listening to us, your favorite podcast, please. It clearly is important because I, you look it up and there's so much Taniwa awesome. stuff. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm surprised I hadn't heard of it. I, I thought that was a if super If we ever do cool a show cryptic. in New Zealand, we're doing, it's all going to be Taniwa themed. Hell yes. I would so be down for that. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap it up here for Illuminati podcast episode 146. We are off to the Patreon to do a mini-sode where we're going to talk about, I don't know, some weird news that we found throughout the week. Uh, and last time I would go, ChilluminatiPod.com. Our live show is May 26, Austin, Texas in the parish. Get your tickets now before they're sold out. ChilluminatiPod.com. Just click on the poster and buy your tickets. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Anyway. Me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, Holy shit, get out here! So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in awe. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.